we get started today, um, we are wrapping up our series, Maker's Mark, where we are discovering that these emotions that we have felt or things that we've gone through, um, maybe the things we don't necessarily like about ourselves or things we've experienced uh, from time to time, things, emotions we wish we could get rid of or that we run from, we're learning that those emotions are actually mark of our maker. Uh, because as we learned in the last few weeks, God gets angry, right? We learned that, that when we are angry, it's not necessarily anger that's the problem, it's the result of it, what we do with that anger that becomes the problem. The same is true we learned with sorrow, that God experiences sorrow. And when God experiences sorrow, He's with us in our pain. We learned that through the life of Jesus. Rachel brought us the message about love, that if we want to love like God, then that means it's going to cost us something, that means we have to decide beforehand that we are going to choose to love and that it's eventually going to cost us something. Last week, we learned about joy, that joy is available to all of us, and we have the opportunity to choose it. However, choosing starts with trust. So today, as we wrap up this series, we're going to uh, talk about one that, I'll be honest, I wanted to avoid. I tried everything I could. I said, maybe I'll do a specific Mother's Day message. Maybe I'll do a one-off in there. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll just do this. I don't really want to talk about that. But how many of you know when God speaks, God spoke, right? And I just couldn't have a settling in my heart with it. And finally, I was like, fine, Lord, this is what we'll cover. So the, what we're going to cover today is uncomfortable for some of us, but the truth is, is we need to learn about it. But before we get there, let me open with a story. Years ago, me and Leah uh, started dating, right when we first started dating. Um, and uh, at the time, I was 20 years old. I uh, started working out, you know, so I started working out. And I did the young guy thing, you know, you start to put on muscle pretty quick because you're 20, and you start lifting, you get the new lifting muscle, you know, started to get a little bit broader shoulders, a little bit bigger arms, started to feel real good about myself. Come on, somebody. Yeah, this... Started to feel real good about myself, and then uh, then I started dating her, and you know I got I, f I was feeling myself one time, and I thought I was a little arrogant, and I said, out of all your boyfriends, I'm probably the you know probably the one that's in the best shape. No big deal. She looked at me deadpan and said, William, who was her ex boyfriend at the time, his arms were bigger. <laughs> Shot through the heart, you're too late. You give love a bad name. <laughs> Woo! That was, uh, it still hurts to say. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but it's not. Um, the way I look at it is I have three of her children, so I, I obviously, uh, God's will came to pass. <laughs> Whew! Uh, but let me just kind of let you know, we, I was jealous. I was jealous because she said he had bigger arms than me. And 20-year-old Brandon, that wasn't okay. <laughs> and I got jealous and I got uh, about it. But I say all that and tell that story. It's funny, but isn't it true that you've experienced jealousy before like that? Maybe, maybe your wife or your girlfriend didn't tell you that you know, the other guy's arms were bigger. But maybe there's some other things that you've gotten jealous about. Other moments in your life when you've when you've gotten jealous. Maybe you're jealous because your spouse is spending too much time at work or spending too much time with their friends. Maybe you're jealous because uh, you, you, the kids favor one parent over another. I experienced that when I came back from Afghanistan. We were gone, and uh, I left when Grayson was about three to four months. I came back, he was almost a year old. 
and uh, he favored his mom all the time over me, and I got jealous because that's my son, and he don't love me. That's how it felt, and so I was frustrated about it, but I got jealous, and uh, jealousy is often viewed as a negative thing. I mean, come on. And St. Augustine of Hippo, and some of you guys know him as St. Augustine, he, he said, or at least he's attributed to this quote, that he that is jealous is not in love. And that sounds like jealousy is a bad thing. That sounds like jealousy is not a good thing. And that we should actually stop do, being jealous. But let me tell you this, that that's actually not correct. That quote is not, not the right quote. And when you Google it, you'll, if you Google St. Augustine and you, you Google uh, his quote on love or jealousy, this is what will come up, but it's not accurate. In, his, in his, uh, the source document that they're pulling from, where he wrote, he wrote of the worship of idols, which is the section that they're coming from, that quote has actually been misconstrued throughout history. It's not the right one. That has become popular, but it's not what he said. And actually, we lose what he was trying to say when we have allowed this to, sh to shape and change over time. This is the actual quote that is in his writing. He says, he who is not jealous does not love. Far different. And specifically, he's describing the love of God. And he's describing the jealousy of God. And he says, look, if God didn't get jealous, he doesn't love. Because isn't it true you get, only get jealous about relationships that you care about? I mean, isn't it true you only get jealous about people you love? I mean, nobody gets jealous about people they don't care about. In fact, when something happens, you go, good, I don't want him around neither. <laughs> I wish he'd spend more time at work, right? <laughs> you don't say that about your wife, but I'm saying like other people. <laughs> but my point is, is that... that that you don't get upset or jealous about things you don't care about. So that's what he's saying. That, it le that it's, if you are jealous, then hey, that just means that you love. And uh, jealousy is not a bad thing, particularly when it's handled appropriately. Because again, jealousy is a sign of love. And there's a psychology professor, his name is Noam Schaefer. He says that there's two types of jealousy, and we see this in the scriptures. We see two specific types of jealousy. We see divine jealousy, or what we're going to call reactive jealousy, and then suspicious jealousy. So divine jealousy or reactive jealousy is a result of something threatening the relationship. So a reactive jealousy is something has put this marriage at risk, something has put this friendship at risk, something has put this relationship at risk, and I feel threatened, so now I am jealous. It's a response to a threat versus suspicious jealousy, which is there is no threat yet. I'm just constantly jealous because of one thing or another. Maybe it's past experiences, what you've been through before, but it's not that there's an actual real threat close to the relationship. So jealousy is not necessarily a bad thing. And some of you sit back and go, hold on. Brandon, I've read in the Bible where jealousy is listed in bad things. You're right, because you read your Bibles. It's in Galatians 5. It's called the Acts of the Flesh. It's paired with the fruits of the Spirit. They're, they're kind of pushed against one another. So you see, and in that particular verse, in that particular verse, it's really translated. In a lot of translations, they won't use the word jealousy. They'll use the word envy far different from jealousy. They'll use the word envy. So 
that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about, I want what I don't have, what, what they have, which is envy. Envy is, I want what they have. No, no, no. Jealousy is, I want what I should have. It's mine, and I just want what's rightfully mine. And you'll see that in the scriptures as we continue and we learn more about it. And here's something else you might not know about uh, reactive jealousy in the relationship, is that it highlights, okay, it highlights the gap between what is and what should be. That's what jealousy does. So when you begin to feel jealous in a relationship, the immediate question needs to be, why? And you need to find out what the gap between what is and what should be. Where is the gap and what exactly do we need to do? Maybe it's, for example, it's the husband that spends too much time at work. Well, now work is threatening the marriage. Work is threatening the relationship. So the wife becomes jealous. Not necessarily jealous of work, jealous for her husband. She wants her husband at home. Maybe for, for the guys, it's that uh, your wife spends too much time with her friends and never prioritizing you and never placing importance and significance on you. And so you aren't jealous necessarily of her friends, but this is threatening the marriage. So what do you do? You get jealous, and you're not necessarily jealous of her friends. You're jealous for your wife. Maybe you've got kids and teenagers, and you sit around and you just wish they were home more often, or maybe you have adult children. You wish they would come around and show up. You're not jealous of anything they have. You're jealous for their connection. You're jealous for the relationship. And it's the same thing with your heavenly father. Because believe it or not, he experiences jealousy. God is jealous. And you go, Brandon, how can God be jealous? Well, as we just discussed a second ago, God is good. We just sung that. Can I get an amen, somebody? God is good. Amen. All right. So if God is good and God is listed as jealous or refers even to himself as jealous, can jealous be bad? Can God do be anything but good? The answer is no, he cannot be. Our understanding simply has to shift just a little bit, and we find that out. So it's my belief, and I think you can make a pretty good argument from the Scriptures, that when we experience jealousy, that's actually the mark of our Maker. Realizing and seeing the gap between what is and what should be. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter we're going to start, we're going to go in two different places here in the Exodus story, um, and we're going to see where God specifically is listed as jealous. So if you have your Bibles, bust them out. We got the lights on for you guys. You got notes and cards and all that stuff because I want everybody to be able to take this and read this and understand what exactly we are talking about. So we're going to start in Exodus chapter 20, and it says this, Remember, ten, so this is Ten Commandments. Let me set this up for you. These are the Ten Commandments. We've all heard of the Ten Commandments for everybody, north and south. Yep, we've heard of the Ten Commandments. You're good Bible people. We've heard of the Ten Commandments. These Ten Commandments are just kind of like the preamble to the 613 commands of the law in Leviticus. This is like the, hey, if you don't pay attention to anything else, just kind of do these ten things. Like, I just God kind of prepping them for what he's about to explain everything. Because remember, Israel is fresh out of the Exodus. They are, they are 
a slave nation. They don't have anything set up for themselves. They don't have any type of structure. They don't have any type of leadership or guidance outside of Moses right now. So God is setting parameters for them, things that we read and we go, of course you don't murder people. They didn't know that. That just happened all the time. It wasn't a big deal. So then God has to ex- explain what t- the do's and don'ts and how you are going to behave as a nation. And in that, he says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So he's reminding them, don't forget who I am, don't forget what I've done. Then he says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not, just in case you get it twisted, you shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. You, you shall not worship them. Because the point is this. You cannot use anything in creation to somehow describe the Creator. You can't do it. it he, he, it's a sense in which God is saying, anything you try to do, anything, any idol you try to do, anything you try to create, it's never going to amount. Anything, above, middle, below, it's not going to fit and describe God adequately. He's, it's like he's saying, I'm too, too holy, too much for creation to even be able to describe me. So don't even disgrace my name by creating an idol. Other things worship idols. We don't worship the created, God says, we worship creator. It's different. It's different. And he does that specifically. And then, so he explains all that. Don't do, don't make graven images. Don't do any of that, right? And then right after that, he says, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I am a jealous God. He says, punishing the sins of the parents for the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. God says, I am a jealous God. And he seems pretty clear. If you worship other things, I'm going to get a little testy. I'm going to get a little frustrated. Don't do that. Don't do that. And at first, Israel doesn't really understand it. And remember, these are the Ten Commandments. So Moses is out up on top of Mount Sinai receiving this from the Lord himself. And then when he comes back down the mountain, he's got the two stone tablets in his hand. And as he's carrying these two stone tablets, he comes, he comes off the mountain And he sees Israel and his brother have built a golden calf. And they're worshiping at this golden calf. While he's holding the tablets that say that, he's holding the tablets that straight up say, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything, of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to worship them, for I The Lord your God am a jealous God. And Moses is holding the tablets and he gets mad. Moses has a moment. How many of y'all parents had a moment before? Anybody had a moment? We've all had a moment, right? We've all had a moment. My man Mo, he had a moment. He took the stone tablets and smashes those stone tablets in anger and in frustration. You have broke the covenant of God. And Israel's like, we didn't even know. And he's like, you couldn't wait till I came back. 
He goes, this is the thing, he goes on top of the mountain, and the mountain's got the fire and the cloud and the lightning and all the things, the presence of God that led them out of, that led them out of Egypt, that led them through the Red Sea. All that's happening. All that's going on on top of the mountain. And then Moses says, look, I got to go talk to dad, okay? You guys don't mess anything up down here. Just wait. I'm going to go talk, see what God has to say, and then I'll be back, okay? Just, just relax. And they get busy. And then they start making things. And Moses comes down frustrated, like, you couldn't wait a couple days? Come on. God hasn't told us where to go. He hasn't told us what to do. And you have to come down and make your own thing. He's so frustrated with them. And God's mad too. They all work it out eventually. It's a long story of how they get there. But Moses and God and Israel work it all out. And God goes through the entire Ten Commandments again. So that's in Exodus 20. The second tablets are in Exodus 34, starting in ver- uh, start, we're going to start in verse 14. But there are two Ten Commandments in the Bible. That's true. And it's because our man Mo got really testy and smashed the other two. Okay? And God's like, okay, bring the, t- bring the stones back, Moses. Write it again. This time, use better handwriting, okay? And so God... Brings, the ta- brings Moses back and gets all of their attention. Then he starts to explain things. God starts to go into a little bit more detail in the second, ten, the second group of commandments. He goes a little bit more into detail than he did the first one because obviously they didn't get it. So he wants to make it clear for them. So he brings them around and he sits, he sits Moses down. He's like, all right, Moses, come on, pay attention. This is really important. Listen. And he lists and he starts the same way he did the other ones. Then he gets to the verse that we covered earlier. He says, do not worship any other God. Because y'all need me to say that again. This is what he's thinking. Do not worship any other God. For the Lord, the Lord, whose name is jealous. Whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Now, for many people, this is hard to understand. For many people, this makes us uncomfortable. In fact, Oprah Winfrey lost her faith over this because uh, she was listening to a preacher one time preach on the jealousy of God, which we've seen in the Scriptures. God's described as that. He describes himself as that. But apparently, I don't know what she was doing. She missed the main point. She was putting keys under everybody, you know, car keys under everybody's thing. You get a book. You get a boat. You get it. I don't know. She was not paying attention, apparently. And in that, she missed the point. And she goes... Why, why is God jealous of anything I have? Why would God be jealous of anything that Israel has? No, 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 we misunderstand the verse. God's not jealous of anything you have. He's jealous for you. The whole reason he says don't worship idols is because that thing is going to get in the way of your relationship with him. Remember what we talked about before? Divine jealousy or reactive jealousy is anything that's going to threaten the relationship. If you're worshiping something else, that has threatened the relationship. And so God is a jealous God. And he gets frustrated and he gets angry at that because he is jealous for you. He's not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. The same way you're jealous for your husband, the same way you're jealous for your wife, the same way you're jealous for your kids, he's jealous the exact same way, except with a little bit more holy fervor. 
You were created to be in relationship with God. And anything that gets in the way of that creates a problem. And it threatens the relationship. His jealousy is related to love. It's not related to insecurities, like many people think. He doesn't, he's not so insecure that he needs your worship. There are no needs of God that we can fill. But we get to be in relationship with him. And so anything that pulls us away from him makes him a little jealous. So I would not be a good pastor if I did not ask this question, okay? This is not the point of the sermon, but I cannot cover these, these verses without asking this question and at least challenging you guys just a little bit. So it's going to be uncomfortable. So everybody take a deep breath. Breath out. All right, now that you spit all over the person in front of you, are you worshiping anything other than God? Has something else taken that place where he belongs? Now, maybe you're not in your, your you know, backyard making a golden calf. If you are, that's weird, but to you, go ahead. <laughs> but if you're worshiping anything, and for many of us it looks different in life, but the, the truth is, is that for many of us there's always something that comes close to being an idol in our life. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your friendship. Maybe it's just money. I don't know what it is, but for many of us, we have something that's an idol at times that if we're not careful, creeps its way into the number one spot. Maybe it's something on the inside of you. I don't know. But are you worshiping something other than God? And if the answer is yes, then he is a jealous God, and he will pursue that relationship with you because he is a jealous God. All right, moving on. Whew. That was heavy, but I had to go there. I wouldn't be a good pastor if I did not at least make you wiggle just a little bit in your seats. So my point is, is that next time you feel jealousy, you, next time you feel jealousy in your marriage, the next time you feel jealousy in your relationships, it's okay. It's part of your makeup. It's how you were created. Because remember, you were created, the whole point of this is the Imago Dei, the image, this is the series, that you were created in the image of God. And that means you carry some of his characteristics and traits. The only thing is, is there's a little bit of bad behavior associated with some of those. So when you feel jealousy, there's nothing wrong with feeling jealousy. It's what you do with it that matters. So that's what we're going to talk about next. So if you're, so maybe you sit here and you go, okay, Brandon, yeah, 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 no, I'm there. You're right. I, I, I've got to, ex I've experienced jealousy, but I don't want to experience it anymore. I want to move on. I want to have divine jealousy. I want to make sure that I'm handling it the right way. I don't want to sin in it. What does that mean? What does that look like? So I've got, I've got three steps I want you to cover that we saw play out in this specific, in these specific verses that we're going to try to emulate in our life. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. All right. So step one is you have to acknowledge it. Do not pretend it does not exist. That is the biggest enemy of you is pretending that a problem or an issue or something is not real. 
because it will get in the way. Because the truth is, you cannot deal with what you deny. If you deny it's a problem, you will never handle it. If you deny it's an issue, you will never confront it. This doesn't just go for this. This goes for every area of your life. If you say, I don't have an anger problem, and you constantly refuse to acknowledge it, guess what? It will never get better because you are refusing to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge it. Step one is saying, I am jealous. You have to say that to yourself. I am jealous, which is what we see God do. He says that. He says, I am a jealous God. Step two is we have to actually address it. So we have to acknowledge that it's a problem. Then we have to address it with our spouse, our friend, whoever we are jealous for. Okay, Whoever that is, we have to acknowledge it. This is what God did. God did that for the Israelites. He says, look, I am a jealous God. Do not, in case you get mixed up, do not worship anything other than me because it's not going to serve you well. You look at her and you say, honey, I am jealous for you. I feel like you're not spending time with me and you just want to spend time with your friends. And that hurts my feelings. And I would love to spend time with you. And so I'm jealous for you. Honey, I am jealous because you spend a lot of time at work. And I'm jealous for you because I don't spend, get to spend as much time with you as I would like. Is there a way we can work something out? I just want to let you know I'm feeling this way. And as soon as she says that, or as soon as he says that, you got to recognize that there is a gap between what should be and what is. And then it's our responsibilities, the other party, to say, hey, what does that look like? And that leads us to our third thing. Because remember, your husband or your wife or your friend cannot fix what they do not know. You cannot fix what you deny. They cannot fix what they do not know. You have to communicate it with them because all relationships are based on communication. It's the key to relationships. The third thing is you have to act on it. You have to act on it. It's good to sit around and talk about it, you know, recognize it yourself. Hey, I'm jealous. I'm feeling this way. Hey, honey, I'm jealous because you're spending too much time at work. I'm jealous because you're not spending enough time with me. I'm jealous because, you know, whatever it is. And you acknowledge it and you talk about it. But if you just leave it there, that's not good enough. You have to act on it. You have to create next steps forward. What does that look like? You're going to start saying verses or saying phrases like, you know what? I'm not going to. After everything we talked about, it's making you jealous. I'm not going to call my friends as soon as I get home. I'm going to spend time with you, check up with you, see how your day's going. We'll, we'll talk, and then I'll call my friends later at 6 or 7 tonight. Is that okay? It's, it's you know what? I'll stop talking to him at work if it makes you feel that way. I'll stop talking about how big his arms are if it makes you feel that way. I did. That was dumb. That was, don't ask for answers you don't want. That's a whole nother sermon. Anyway, but generally, it's, you got to act on it. You got to say, and, and there are these phrases, you know what, I'll start. I'll start making sure I'm home for dinner. Set, set the time, what time is dinner? I'll make sure I'm home for dinner. I'll start putting guardrails up in my life so that, so that we don't have so many of these things that are coming around and, and imploding on our life and impeding on us. So, you know what, I'll start. I'm not going to. I'll stop. Got to have a plan forward. Because if you, if you don't have a plan, plan to fail. you got to have actionable next steps to take. We do it here in the church all the time. 
when we talk about next steps of faith, you got to have next steps of how you're going to deal with this. God does that. And then Israel comes out and says, you know what? Yeah, we don't want to. We accept you as our God, and, and we don't want to do that anymore. So they try their best to stay away from that. And again, your partner's not always going to get it right. Your spouse is not always going to get it right. But at least you can talk about it, communicate it, create actionable steps, and move forward. But here's the thing. Your relationships will be better because you do this. Again, jealousy is not the problem. It's our behavior because of the jealousy that is the problem. So as soon as you begin to feel jealous, the first question you've got to ask is, why? What is the threat? And be honest with yourself. What is the threat that I feel that I'm jealous for her? What's the threat that I feel? What is threatening our relationship? Is it work? Is it somebody at his work? Is it somebody at her work? Like, what is it that's threatening this relationship that I feel this way? Ask yourself why first. Recognize you got it. Address it with them. And then the two of you create steps forward on how you're going to do that. I'm not. I'm going to start. I will stop doing these things. Because your relationships will be better for it. If you can take these steps and you can acknowledge it and you cannot run from it, recognize it because these are showing problems that are coming up in the relationship and that's okay. In the marriage, in the friendship, in the whatever, this is normal. This is, you're made in, the, in his image. This is, you have these for a reason. So when you see it and you feel it, you recognize it, you address it, and then you act on it. And your relationships will be better for it. Your wife will thank you for it. Your husband will thank you for it. Your, your kids will thank you for it. If you take the time and do it. And it's so difficult and it's so hard. But if you can do it, your relationships will be better. So, as we close today, I would love to pray for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are a jealous God. Thank you, God, that we mean so much to you that you would pursue us and you would feel jealousy for us. That you're not jealous of anything that we have and you're not jealous for anything that we do, but you're jealous for the relationship that you can have with us and that you do have with us. So Heavenly Father, I pray that you would, Lord, I pray that you'd help us recognize, Holy Spirit, you would help us recognize, God, that we're jealous. That your Spirit would empower us to acknowledge it, that your Spirit would empower us to talk it over with our families and with the people that are closest to us. That God, that you would give us the strength to act on it. And for anyone in here who is interested in that relationship with you but has never had it, but they want to see what it's all about, God, would you, would you touch them? Let them know that, they, that you're jealous for them, that you love them, that you are a good, good father, and that you care for them. 
Lord, we're so grateful going through this series, unpacking the different emotions of, of us and of you. So Father, don't stop teaching us. Keep teaching us more about you and how we can be more and more like you. And remind us that some of these things are not bad things. They're simply a mark of our maker. And we need to remember that it's how we handle it that's the issue. So Father, we love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name. The church said...